We got a little bit of myth busting to do today. The Grip Report starts right now. Two, one, boom. Hotep Jesus. Of all the Jesuses I know, he's the Hotepiest. Social scientist and YouTube host, Hotep Jesus. How the fuck do you get a name like Hotep Jesus? It's the one and only Hotep Jesus. Ryan Sharp, better known to the world as Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep, Hotep, Hotep Jesus. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Somebody said... What do you think you are? Some kind of Hotep Jesus? Ooh, and that's I was good. Just like, ooh, that's sexy. <laughs> yes, I do think I'm Hotep <laughs> Jesus. Good afternoon, Hoteps. Welcome to the Griff Report live Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm your host, the Griff God. Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep, Hotep, Hotep Jesus. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Oh, this is a real Hotep, brother. Hotep to the chat. Hotep to the Hotep of Stannies. Hotep. What's up, y'all? Uh, go 50 tomorrow in the curls? Okay, maybe. Maybe. Had to get a nice little pump. Pause. From my ho high horse. What up, man? Oz, I see you. Ronan, what up, y'all? Lauren in the chat. Jason, what up, man? Jack Reeves, the Viking. What's up, man? What else we got here? It's just me. Say, y'all don't forget to vote in the Grifties. Yeah, go to Grifties.com. Make sure you vote for Hotep Jesus. I'm sliding in the rankings. Fresh Mike, what up, man? K in the chat. What up, y'all? What's happening, y'all? Halima's in the chat. Hotep to Halima. What's up, love? How are you? Welcome, welcome. Hope everything is going well with you, Halima. Much, much love. I don't know if you guys know, in the saga of my life, Halima has been a vital piece to my success, and my heart goes out to her, and I really appreciate our work together, and can't wait to work with her again in the future. Huge, huge help at HotepCon as well. Huge, huge help at HotepCon. Just irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. Um... Okay, what am I supposed to do, like, when you stream? What are you supposed to, like, do some promo and shit like that, right? Um, What am I going to promo? Uh, All right, let's just fucking promo the Grifties. I think Grifties tickets are sold out, by the way. Uh, I went to the venue on f Saturday, and um, he told me, yeah, stop selling tickets. That's what he basically told me. Stop selling tickets because it's a packed madhouse in there. He said, uh, it's going to be door to door, wall to wall, wall to wall. Um, the term he used was sardines. He said, we're going to be packed in there like sardines. So that means we got a nice packed house. Owen Benjamin is in number one. He's in a number one slot for grifter of the year. Wow. Sticks is right there at number eight. There's Hotep Jesus at number 17. Where's Goldstein at? There's Goldstein. Let me get my vote in for Goldstein. <clears throat> Shout out to Goldstein. Is Unk being me? Where's Unk at? Unk ain't on here. Nobody. Somebody go go uh, go nominate Unk for Grifter of the Year. He been heavy in his bag. Matter of fact, let's go to his account right now before we get into what we got to get into. What's he grifting on today? He's always got his sleeve. See, he trolling. 
He ain't shit. Look at this. This is going to be a fire album cover. <laughs> he ain't right. Who did this? Aaron Bushnell, hottest man of the year. They go Uncle Hotep. Let that boy cook. This is what he doing to one of our fallen soldiers fighting a good fight over in the Middle East. This is what the grown ass man in here doing. This ain't even right. We talked about this last night on the Patreon show. Patreon.com slash Hotel has been told you. Go get that for an extra dose of Hotel has been told you. We had a lot of fun last night. Um, Hulk is retarded. What else we got in here? He had another one. He had had another tweet in regards to this hot boy. (laughs) Um, Was it from yesterday? It popped up in my For You tab. Uncle Hotep was in here trolling, trolling as usual. I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Or maybe it was from this weekend. Here he says, American far right has gone from moving off the grid in Iowa to tweeting like Tariq Nasheed in just a few generations. It really should be studied. Let's go ahead and retweet that. Damn. It's a hell of a pill. It's a hell of a pill. All right. Uh, Let's get to what we got to get into. We're going intellectual today. Let's let's open up the bag. Let's get in our intellect bag. And uh, this comes off of the heels of. Well, we're still in Black History Month. Uh, M.O.N.F. Month. Okay, just in case y'all was confused Black History Month. And. uh you know, one of the controversies surrounding Black History Month is obviously is the relationship between whites and blacks. So today we'll, the, the topic is destroying race relations. Jason unfollowed you for cracking jokes on a dead rapper. He ain't right. He ain't right. Probably love that rapper. So. Doe Dubes has been doing tremendous work researching history and he's on his hotep histories if you're not following hotep dubes follow him now on twitter hotep dubes and today uh we're presenting some of his tweets here and we're going to dissect some of this stuff and then connect it to uh, modern day times so it's relevant in your mind okay so he says uh Reading up on negative consequences of Brown versus Board of Education. Now, really quick, we got a uh, my brain does this split where I just, you know, just like that. I'm like, oh, wait, we got to head to Google. So we're going to type in Brown versus the Board of Education. Right. We want to pull up this document here. If we can find it. Um Uh, let's see. Brown versus Board of Education. Let's go text and see what we got here. 
Okay, here we go. All right, wonderful. Found it. So, it's one sneaky thing in here that's mentioned in Brown versus the Board of Education. Thaddeus Russell was the one that tipped me off to this. Got to give credit where credit is due. And uh, what it says here is it is required in the performance of our most basic public responsibilities, even service in the armed forces. It is the very foundation of good citizenship. Um, today, it is a principal instrument in waking in awakening the child to. And it says here cultural values. OK, we discussed this in the past. We're discussing it again. Cultural values. So this is what some may deem assimilation or amalgamation. Uh, I like to say, um, well, uh, now how my brain is interpreting this is consuming another. So this is uh, America consuming black culture, devouring it. Okay, and that's what we're going to look at, how integration devoured the black community and black culture. All right, let's go back. So that's the Brown versus Board of Education. Uh, and I deeply believe that there was a middle ground between segregation and integration. No way losing almost 40,000 black teachers, many of whom were more qualified than white teachers, was worth integrating. So let's take a look here. And... Um, Okay, let me bring this down on your screen and then we're going to read this text here. It says, uh, in the ways of the world, despite the saturation of talented African-Americans in a national teaching force between the Brown case, this would change drastically after 1954. So the civil rights movement, from my perspective, is a, a whole entire sham. It's a scam and, and it really destroyed the black community and destroyed race relations as well as a result. Over 38,000 black teachers in the South and border states lost their jobs after the Brown versus Board of Education ruling in 1954. Now I gotta ask you, do you think that was part of the design? Do you think that the people that Push this, the people that made this thing happen, the people that signed off on this knew this would happen. Do you think they knew? Black Falcon said, my father told me integration was the worst thing to happen to the black community. My uncle uh, Odell told me that integration was disintegration. That's what my uncle told me. Um, yeah, he yeah, Doe been killing it with the cultural uh with the uh his, history videos. He been he's been absolutely killing it. Always been he's always been great at that. So it's good to have him back on the Twitter. Now, uh, here we have another tweet from Doe Dues. He says, Journal of Negro Education, nineteen fifties and sixties, Jim Crow's Pink Slip, Al Fenwick, uh, Hidden Cost of Brown versus Board of Education, M. Luntz. Those have even more sources embedded in them. You can research. I'm knee deep right now. And he pulls out this interesting excerpt here and it says. Um, well, really, really fast. Black History Month. Um, everybody affirms all of the leaders and icons of the civil rights movement. 
Um, they celebrate integration as if it was a good thing. And some of the things that came out of the civil rights movement, that it was a good thing. The NAACP is a good organization. But these are the facts that are omitted. So when we're talking about Black History and Black History Month, we got to focus on, matter of fact, let's stop right here. We're going to come right back to that. And I want to play this video from Doe, which I thought pretty much encapsulates what I'm thinking right now. Let's pull this up. Very good explanation here from him. We're shaking everybody. President Hotep Dubes here. Now, as an armchair historian, uh, I was asked why I don't put much emphasis on the oppressive side of black American life and how I highlight more of the wealth building entrepreneurship of our people. And the biggest reason is because the black Americans that endured that oppression really didn't highlight it either. It's not like they enjoyed it or they welcomed it. It's just that they weren't going to be sitting around complaining about it if they weren't going to be enacting a solution. So for the most part, whenever racism came to their doorstep, they would do their best to defend themselves, of course. And if that didn't work, they would rebuild and fortify to, you know, make sure it didn't happen again or make it harder for it to happen again. You know, there was no government agency coming to help. There was no outside help coming at all. And they knew this, so they chose to get to work instead. A perfect example of this would be the uh, aftermath of the bombing of Black Wall Street. Now, most people today, they coil in horror at the bombing in 1921, but then they don't bring up the fact that it was almost completely rebuilt by 1925. In fact, a woman by the name of Marilyn Christopher, who was the granddaughter of one of the survivors of the attack said, we didn't sit around the dinner table talking about the Tulsa massacre. Instead, black Tulsa residents wanted to restore the pride and prestige that they had just a few years prior. They didn't want to be seen as weak and celebrated their resiliency instead. If they would have allowed the bombing to demoralize them, then that meant the enemy had won. So instead, the black Tulsa residents chose to change the narrative of the story, not accepting defeat. In 1925, the National Association of Colored Women petitioned the National Negro Business League to host their annual conference in Tulsa. Not only did the yearly conference take place in Tulsa, the NNBL, along with other local associations and groups, had a parade showcasing the city's economic and social strength. A columnist at the black newspaper, the Chicago Defender, wrote, it is one certain way of telling those who would destroy us that we are indestructible. Mm. Mm. We're shaking everybody. President. So, again, omission of history. They tell you about the Tulsa, Oklahoma massacre, bombing, whatever they're calling it. But how many people mention the fact that it was rebuilt and continued on? Another highlight in this video I the found fascinating was when he was talking about um, the different organizations that the black community had. It wasn't just the NAACP, various organizations. And um, I've spoke about this in the past, you know, when it comes to Illuminati, Illuminati is winning because, well, they've mastered organization. So organizations are usually, usually targeted by the Illuminati. But if you want to have success, you have to have organization. You get a group of people together that have like minds and you build none other than Hotepistan. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. And this is the way forward. 
Uh, so, you know, I just wanted to highlight that. But again, remember, Oklahoma, Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma was rebuilt. How many people talk about that? It speaks to the strength and resilience of the people that went through something uh, quite tragic. All right, let's go back. So here we have a text and it says further evidence comes from a letter written in 1919. 1919 by a black teacher uh, to the governor of Kansas, Henry J. Allen, Mr. Crosby, a teacher of 18 years from where Kansas wrote to Governor Allen uh, to inform him that segregation of the races was better for African-Americans. Segregation of the races was better for African-Americans. And it's true. And it's true. Um, From a nation building standpoint, we're going to probably dive into a little bit deeper as we read through this text. Uh, It says here, as a teacher of 18 years, practical experience in several states. Hold on a second. When was. uh, When was the uh, Great Depression? Nineteen twenty nine. Okay, nineteen twenty nine. So this is ten years before the Great Depression, which completely demoralized the entire country, regardless of race. Also led to um, black people not trusting banks, and that's where you get the whole tradition of putting your cash underneath the mattress, because you'd go to the bank and it'd be a bank run, and they say you can't have your money. Uh, so that also came out partly due to the Great Depression. Anyway, let's go back. Um, that's why when Fannie Willis was talking about her keeping cash around the house and her dad told her that, um, I found it to be believable. Now, is she lying? Maybe, but it's definitely believable because there's a, a lineage of mistrust between black people and the banks. Remember my grandma used to keep cash underneath the mattress. Um, so that goes back, you know, stems back from the uh, Great Depression. All right. So it says here, as a teacher of 18 years experience in several states, I'm thoroughly convinced that my race will do far better by separation. As I am colored, I would not write thus if I did not actually believe what I write. Today, they probably call her a coon. I can prove to you that a separation is best for my people. If we are to develop as a race and all races, the Negro accepted, have a strong tendency to racial unity. We must do so in the same logical way that other races have attained their present status in the civilization scheme of mankind. No race can develop properly when it seeks to lose its identity among another race, nor can any race develop without ideals necessary to such development. So the the key part I want to come back to and key in on here, uh, which relates to her, um, her claim that separation is better. Um, this one line in this sentence, no race can develop properly when it seeks to lose its identity among another race. What walks through the door as we read this? D-E-I. And we've talked about DEI in the past. Now, one thing I missed in my DEI presentation 
uh, although that presentation was more about masculinity, um, was is is this sentence right here? Losing your identity amongst another race. That's what DEI inclusion and all these things represent. This is a continuation of integration. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Integration never really stopped. It's continued to be forced. You know, they call it diversity, equity, inclusion, critical race theory. All these different things are looking to devour the black community. Now, I would say that traditionally, from my own anecdotal evidence, black and Italians, and I'd say even Jews probably, have a unique culture outside of American culture, right? Notice I don't say white culture, let's say American culture, because American culture was built upon Hollywood, media, TV, et cetera, et cetera, mostly Hollywood. You know, what life is supposed to be like, how we're supposed to act, our cultural norms, et cetera, et cetera. Now the black community was, I don't know how it is today, but was holding on to values that kept the family strong. One of them is a controversial topic, corporal punishment, whooping your kid's ass. I remember I was friends with this Italian kid and I went over to his house to go hang out. We was little boys then. And his dad snatched him up and pulled out one of them paddles. You know them paddles, them spanking paddles and gave him one wallop on the ass. And Mike went running and crying. Michael went running and crying. I said, damn, he get beatings too. So Italian. There are a lot of different elements. I, I think the chat could probably contribute here and, and, and toss in the chat. I'll read some of those out on what is it that black culture, Italian culture um, has held on to um, despite America's shunning of things that we may have done, right? So one of them we talked about before was mistrust of banks. Um, another one was mistrust of government. That's huge in a black community. And I think what happened is they had to amalgamate black people into the greater society, partly because you don't want people emulating what actually makes a strong family. We also had strong cultural norms, right? Um, black man went out to go work. Black woman stayed home, cooked and clean. And I'm sure the same was for white families. But as you can see now, there is a huge concerted effort to educate black women, get them into college, right? So this is part of the integration. This is part of the dissolving of black people and black culture. Food and family, yeah. Strong Dad said, black people in 2024, we wanna separate. White people in 2024, all black spaces are racist. 
We are all American. Also white people in 2024. The racist Dems destroyed your community with integration. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of contradictions here. A lot of contradictions. Germans and Poles do too, but they keep it super low key. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that happening with the Germans, Germans and the Poles. Dominican moms give you the chancla. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to get hit with it. You're going to get hit with the uh with the slipper. She's going to toss that thing from across the room, and hit your ass with bullseye accuracy. Okay. So I think partly, you know, doing away with black culture, really what it is, is about creating a homogenous mind. That's why they don't like nationality. That's why they don't like tribalism. It's about creating a homogenous mind. I had a tweet yesterday that said the adoption of social media has led to the decline of independent thought. Where they plug everybody into this social media system. Okay. And now you create this hive mind, this homogenous mind where everybody thinks the same and you're, you're stuck in party politics and you're a party prisoner and partisan prisoner. And you can't escape. And if you try, you'll be canceled. You'll be dragged. And every conversation turns into a binary situation. No nuance. Everything is right or left. Any 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 show of nuance will get you called right wing by the left and left wing by the right. I've done it before. I've had a very centralized take and the left will say, hey, you know, what are you some right winger? And the right winger say, what are you some left winger? So when you have the dawn of social media, this is also a form of integration, integration of the minds. So prior to there was only a few ways that the powers that be could uh, distribute propaganda and install in your mind. And one of those ways was television. That was the main way, probably television and newspapers, magazines. But but that was for a select period. Right. You uh, had to wait till you got home to be indoctrinated with the latest news of the day. Not anymore. Now, as soon as you pick up your phone, the indoctrination begins. And it is now an all day thing to where now they control the minds of millions, if not billions. Hundreds of millions in America alone. By creating this hive mind, this is why people say the, the woke mind virus spreads so fast. And it's true. This is, this is why you see the woke mind virus has spread so fast. It's even infected the right. And let's go to that right now. Let's pull this up. Got a couple of videos to show you today. But um, just pure weakness, pure, absolute weakness. Now, here's a video from Daily Caller. I don't know who runs Daily Caller, what's going on Daily Caller, but let's take a look at this video. They really poison the atmosphere. They chill speech. They make people uh, feel like they have to walk on eggshells. You can't even. They make people feel like you got to walk on eggshells. The caption of this video is, what does DEI teach? 
They make you feel like you got to walk on eggshells. Discuss certain controversial topics and indeed the whole enterprise of the rule of law of trying to seek a truth and open inquiry, uh, have uh, uh, academic freedom. All of that is illegitimate because it's based on racist and sexist and heteronormative structures that are, you know, should be dismantled. That is what DEI teaches. That's what it indoctrinates through orientation sessions, through programs, through resegregated uh, 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 buildings and structures and, and programs. I mean, it's, it's a toxin. They really poison the- You heard what he said right there? Said it right there. Resegregated. Sessions through programs, through resegregated. Resegregated. So he's talking about like some of these places that do like, uh, you know, Las Vegas had the black black owned business fair or something like that. Um, and, and, and other uh, instances of separation between the races, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but for me, this, this just comes off very soft. Is he lying? No. I think the part I agree with most is right here. Eggshells, you can't even discuss certain controversial topics. That, that is a big hindrance to our growth as an organism in this country, in this great land, if I were to sound like a politician, um, they have uh, definitely limited how much speech you can talk about, right? Uh, but the, 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 the counter to that is just more speech, like speaking your mind freely and uh, completely ignoring, um, you know, whatever it is that the left tries to do, right? So again, coming back to the fact that they've created this homogenous brain, this homogenous mind, and now DEI is at the front of their brain, at the front of their mind. They wake up and they think about DEI. DEI isn't exactly the boogeyman like they believe it is. DEI, you know, if anybody should be pissed off at DEI, it should be black people. Should be black people. If anybody should be alarmed, it should definitely be black people. Um, for various reasons, as you know, like uh, people have repeated this a million times, affirmative action only benefited white women. So, what do you think is going to happen with DEI? Right? DEI is definitely not about race; it's definitely about gender and uh, political ideology. Now, all of this guy didn't tell no lies. It sounds soft. It sounds real soft. Um, so I'm, I'm a bit conflicted, you know, in a way I'm like, okay, I agree with the video. Another way I'm like, y'all some punks, man. Y'all some punks. Now, am I wrong for saying that? Maybe, maybe I'm not exactly sure, but he's not lying. Let's go to the second example. Oh, wait. Okay, here we go. Um, let's pull this up. Let's put this on the screen. We covered that. Uh, what is this? 
Okay. And then we got to go here. This is recent, recent. All right, let's start right here. So I was tagged in this tweet by uh, Axel Foley. It says Joe Rogan, Jamie Vernon. Who's Jamie Vernon? Jamie Vernon. Um, oh, the Jamie. That's Jamie from what's the name? Needs to have Hotep Jesus on uh, the same time as Elon Musk and Alex Jones. They need to answer for race grifting. Legitimately look like controlled opposition uh, lost for good. And he's referring to this tweet here from Elon Musk. What's the difference between a conspiracy and the truth? And he says about six months and he shows his meme here. He says nobody wants to get rid of white people. That's a far right conspiracy theory. And he says, OK, then now show me a picture of the founding fathers. And then you have this image here, right? which uh, apparently is some sort of erasure of uh, what the white founding fathers. So even Elon is in on the race grift probably helping perpetuate it because there's a top-down approach. He's top of the funnel. He's the one dictating the way things go uh, culturally, especially among uh, the right wing. But again, this is a way to destroy race relations. Now, this concept of, you know, getting rid of white people, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. Uh, I, I don't think the, the powers that be are saying we got to get rid of the white man. We got to replace the white man. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, that's happening. Um, also with the AI, uh, it, it's quite ridiculous to complain about the AI. As I said yesterday, uh, if you're not going to use the AI to get some work done, please step away from the AI and stop being offended by the program. First of all, they don't know how to use the AI. That's why they can't get the images that they want. Second of all, the AI originally had a white bias. Now, I didn't care. I just said, you know, if I wanted to create a black person, I just put, you know, a black person in and I got a black person. Uh, I, I figured that the majority of content is probably white centric for a lot of lack of a better term, Eurocentric. A lot of the content that exists. So if you're going to program the AI based upon this white country that we live in, I'd expect the AI to assume that the majority is white. And therefore, that's why the images are coming out white. OK, and if you typed in rapper, it'd probably say, OK, here's a rapper and it'd probably be black because that's what's in its database. And I believe that Google, you know, made a failed attempt. You know, it's probably like some sort of number that you type into the code that says, you know, you turn this number up and um, you'll get more or less blackness. OK, more or less blackness. And um, maybe somebody went there and played with it and turned it up to a hundred. I don't know. But I think that at the end of the day. Um, it was caused by uh, uh, trying to correct the A.I. At the very least, Seven Divine said white man falling off because he gave his woman too much power, got too comfy. Yeah. Yeah. The race script is uh, going out of control. Engagement for his platform. Uh, thank you, famo. Descended Loki with 10 gifted memberships. Shout out to uh, Axel Foley. Yeah, you made it. You made it. To the, you made it to the cast. Uh, Descended Loki. Single-handedly keeping the Griff Report alive. Appreciate you, bro. 
Um, it's a gradient slide. Yeah, it might be a gradient slide. You know, whatever mechanism it is, somebody slid it probably too far black. And then we came out with that. Now let's go to the next one. Now this one is recent. This is from today. Okay, let's let's go to this image here. And here we have white girls dancing to, I'm assuming is black music. Okay. And now you're going to see where we go full circle with where we started with integration. Okay. And I'm going to show you the difference between white people or, or a specific type of white man and the rest of us. Okay. So you see the white girls out here and they're um, participating in something called black culture, right? black culture. Maybe it looks like Mardi Gras or something like that. New Orleans. Right. And they got a little bit of rhythm. You know what I'm saying? They got a little rhythm. They getting it in. So white man says. Uh, why don't men want Western women? Question mark. And he points to this video of the white women. acting black. We're going to come back to that. But first, let's look at Steph's response. Steph says. White girls dancing to black music has this cuck slash wannabe based Chad at home crying and throwing up. Your ancestors look down upon you in shame. So now it's time to make everything go full circle. Okay. Is Steph right? I would say he's half right because this is what we get all day. White men, you know, finding some video to be mad about. But really what he's talking about is his fear. He's got a fear. Fear of losing himself. This is a very legitimate fear. Now it's the difference between saying the Illuminati want to destroy white people as opposed to saying that there's a legitimate fear of losing yourself. Those are two different things. Losing yourself to this culture. What I would say is you got to take notes. You got to take notes. Notice that white men like this, let me be specific, white men like Chase here, like Chase Austin. White men like this Chase Austin guy uh, should be studied. You should take notes. If the black people during the NAACP civil rights sponsor movement had thought like this, we wouldn't be here right now. We would still have black communities more than likely. So in a way, the white man, Chase Austin, maybe he's learned from our mistakes or maybe he just is a bit prescient and sees that, yo, our women, out here assimilating, losing themselves. He sees his woman losing himself. Now, there's this very interesting dynamic in the black community where a white man, a black woman dates outside of her race and a black man dates outside of her race, right? And if a black woman dates outside of a race, black men go, uh, I don't really care. And black women go, if they see a black man dating a white woman, especially if it's a rich athlete, they they get upset. Right? They're territorial. And this goes back to 
uh, a section in my book, Unbreakable Rules of Masculinity. Women are the apex predator. You can go get that at hotepjesus.com. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. So women are territorial. White men are territorial. What's going on with the black man that he's not policing his woman? Then you wonder why the black woman is acting all willy nilly in the streets. Because he hasn't put a restraint on her. So this is why I say Steph is half right because he's saying this guy's a cuck and maybe he is. I don't know, but he's actually doing the right thing from a race preservation point of view. From a race preservation point of view, he's supposed to say, white woman, get your ass in line. We dance to uh, polka uh, uh, and other forms of white music, whatever they may be, you know, Metallica or some shit. You know, heavy metal. Get your ass over here and and turn on some some Metallica. Stop acting like the Negroes because then you're going to end up in bed with one. You're going to create a black child and you're going to erase us. That's why I say Steph is half right, because I say in one way it's like, yeah, you know, these guys are waking up, finding something to complain about. But on the other hand, it's like, why don't black men act like this about they women? This is a huge conundrum. This is a huge, huge conundrum. What song is playing? I'll play it for you. You know, like some hip hop festival style music. Some shit you play at a cookout. I'm Black Love and I love uh, Metallica. Well, there you go. There you go. White women can dance to Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran. There you go. He said them white women ain't dating no white man. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. The white man has fallen. Yeah, yeah. It's not looking good out here. It's not looking good out here. But, Hotep Jesus, I start seeing the nuance in these conversations. Where this trend of, you know, racial animus being expressed by white men online, great replacement theory, great replacement theory is here to replace all of us, by the way, here to replace all of us. Uh, And really, it's it's got Marxist beginnings. It's really just a continuation of Marxism. That's really what it is. Let's be honest. Uh, Marx wanted to eliminate the bourgeoisie, a.k.a. the middle class. So the great replacement theory isn't exactly what it says. It's not really about replacing you. What it is, is about straining you. It's about creating a smaller middle class. So they can put more people on government assistance and turn you into cattle. Turn you into wards of the state. It's not about great placement theory. It's about getting your ass on UBI. It's about making you a cog in the machine. They don't want to replace you. They want to control you. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. <clears throat> That's what this is about. They're not looking to replace black people. They're not looking to replace white people. 
They're looking to make your life a living hell. The second piece to it is they're looking to create a race war, whether mythological, physical, ideological, social, social media, because that's really what it is. We have a race war online right now. I've even seen one, some white people pop up. I mean, some black people pop up and they're doing, you know, uh, here's videos of white people being violent, violence against black, uh, black people. And they're doing that as a counteracting to this. Um, okay, so why the destruction? Why on so on one side of things it's about destroying black culture, and on the other side it's about destroying so-called white or American culture. I can't say American culture because American culture is just decadent bullshit. It's more about destroying or, or or making the two races become one. It's not really about assimilating. It's about making the blending the two races. Make black people more white and white people more black. Therefore, we can't tell the difference between the two. And they're all American. Now we have this homogenous mind, which is easier to infect and therefore easier to control. Okay. That's what this is about. It's about smushing us together. Smushing us together, literally, too. Literally. Now, are they, you know, are we sharing the the greatest parts of black culture? No, we're sharing the the parts that don't really give a damn. That, that really don't make much a difference. Dance. Right. And a dance can oftentimes be very sexual. So that leans right into the cultural Marxist uh, ideology where they want to have people, um, again, practice a decadent lifestyle, be lascivious. OK, that's what this is about. Destroying, destroying good culture, destroying family culture. And, and and really distilling people down to uh, well, agents of demons, agents of, of the devil, to where ignorance is more celebrated than intelligence, to where fun is no longer intellectual. It's about wasting time. It's about spending money. You know, you ever heard of retail therapy? They tell women retail therapy. You go out and you go buy new things and that's supposed to make you happy. Yeah, until you get used to those new things, then you got to go out and you got to shop again. Right. So it's not exactly a cure um, or, or it's not even real therapy. Ethnogenesis. I like that. Ethnogenocide. How about that? This is ethnogenocide. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Okay. Let's go back. Close some of this stuff out so we don't got no issues. Um, staying in the same vein of black culture. We have an interesting event that happened this week. 
Fat Joe. Fat Joe went and got Trump's new shoes. Let's take a look. Why? If you collect art, do you really know what Basquiat was into? Do you know what Anthony War or Andy Warhol was into? Any of these artists that you was into? You love the art. So you get it. I guess they separate art from the person. Now, me as a sneaker collector, I had to get my hand on the trunks. Doesn't matter. Show us the trunks, please. Y'all trying to cloud change it. <laughs> Y'all give me a trunk. Give me, give me the trunk, man. Give me the trunk, man. <laughs> they think I'm fronting. But listen, I have thousands and thousands and thousands of pairs of sneakers. Thousands of pairs of sneakers. When everybody flipped on Kanye, I went and bought the two most exclusive Kanye's ever. First of all, they got no, 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 I ain't doing all that. Just give me one of the sneakers. I'm not. Just show them the box first, what it says. It's friends and family, there's only 50 of these. I got to get my hands on them. Once again, the number on the I'm not a Trumper. I dislike Trump. I'm not voting for him. Not now, not never. But I'm a sneaker collector into the art. So I had to find these. Now the mayor's gonna call me. Everybody's gonna call me and say, you wildin' out, Joe. Why you got the trunk? Look, mayor's the first one. Joe, you, I'm a sneaker collector. I don't know what none of these guys did. I collect sneakers. The rarer, the better. No, I didn't pay for these sneakers. Sorry. I didn't pay for these sneakers. They knew I had to have them because I'm the biggest in the game. So what I do is collect. Wait, hold on. It's a piece missing. We're going to have to get that for you. Hold on. It's a key piece missing that they omitted from that video. Hold on. Um, all right, here we go. But I got the Trump sneakers. I got them. Now, I'm a sneaker collector. <laughs> I'm a sneaker collector. What does that mean, Joe? I'm one of the biggest sneaker collectors in the world. Now, you know I don't rock with Trump. You know I'm a diehard Democrat. I didn't know that. I didn't know Fat Joe was a diehard Democrat. You know, I'm a loyal Democrat to a fault. At least he admits it's to a fault. I almost think I'm a sucker. Mm. Joe, 
You wanted something here, Joe. Keep going. I'm like the lady who used to follow Obama around going, fire it up. I'm one of them. But I needed the Trumps. I needed the Trumps. All right. So what's the lesson here? Remember last week they was talking, they were saying, oh, it's racist to say black people going to vote for Trump because of the sneakers. And they're right. I don't think I, my exact, uh, I said something to the fact of, I said, it'll move the needle just a smidge, like ever so slightly, like so much so you won't even notice, right? But as you can see, the community, hip hop community, is in fact infatuated with sneakers. The issue is saying that's going to be the reason why people vote for Trump. That's not going to be the reason why they vote for Trump. But, but, matter of fact, I was listening to um, some marketing education this morning, and um, they were talking about um, top of the funnel marketing, paid advertising, et cetera, et cetera. And um, they're talking about like impression, brand impressions, and how you can't really measure, you know, how many impressions that your brand got, right? So the Trump sneakers, whether it converts to votes or not, is not able to be tracked. You can't track that. You can't, there's no way to track that. And that's what the podcast was talking about today. It was talking about how, like, uh, the information surrounding paid advertising is sitting inside of a black box. And 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 people, data analysts, who who think they could, you know, calculate return on ad spend accurately are just false. It's just false. Uh, you can't you can't do it. It's not possible. You know, you can probably see one percent of the traffic on ROAS. But the fact of the matter is there are impressions that are made on your brand, you know, and these sneakers, when I say impressions, I'm talking about digital marketing here. Okay. So how many people times people have seen your brand. Now this may not directly translate into voters, but it does boost the Trump brand amongst the black community, specifically the sneaker collector community. And the sneaker uh, collector community is, it's consumed of various races. I, I used to go and sponsor those shows and it was mostly like Asian and white kids. And then everybody else was black, but it was a lot of Asian kids. It was a lot of white kids, young too, man. Like kids like 10, 11, 12 years old. And they're rocking like the latest J's and they're walking around with their boxes of sneakers and shit, looking to sell and trade and all of this. Uh, but it does have hip hop origins. So although this may not translate into voters, this does translate into brand impressions, which could later on down the line lead to voters. So it's not fair to just be mad at the guy on on Fox who said, you know, Trump sneakers are going to you know make black people vote. Although it kinds of sounds, it sounds asinine. I still don't know why it sounds asinine. Maybe because, you know, like I said, it's, it's not true. That's probably why it sounds asinine, probably because it's just not true. However, um, beyond the White House, this does uh, great for 
um, Trump, period, and the impressions that he leaves on it on people's mind. It's a good way to do um, black outreach to affirm what I think it really does. It really just affirms to the black people who have said, yo, I'm voting for Trump this time around. I think it's really just like, all right, yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm even more going to support him now. Uh, even if this happens subconsciously, I'm going to talk about him more. As you can see, it made the Griff report. These sneakers have created a whole lot of hullabaloo. So outside of the spend to create the sneakers and the money that he's made, think about the amount of brand impressions just around the story of the sneakers. Think about the amount of brand impressions he got by Fat Joe purchasing the sneakers. Right. So. You can't say for certain whether or not it will translate into votes um, further on down the line, but it does not directly contribute to votes. It just um, indirectly contributes to votes. Really kind of hard to explain, I guess, now that I'm thinking it through. Um, but niggas love sneakers. And, and, and I think it's kind of hypocritical to sit up here and act like niggas don't love sneakers. You know, Cannon Hotel, what up, bro? It was an out of touch comment. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Say, I saw four Arab te teenagers buying shoes outside of 7-Eleven two weeks ago. Uh-oh. Trump a marketing genius? Yeah, this is definitely like marketing, right? This is like marketing. Retro Neon, thank you for the $2 super. He said, I'm getting no Trumps and waiting on the twos. Uh-oh, Retro Neon about to get a pair. Uh, Kay said, Fat Joe is a slave to the industry. He has to follow the po popular celebrity vote. Damn. Mm. Cringe Republicans over on Rumble says, uh, cringe Republicans need to get out of Trump's way and let him talk to black people. Yeah, I think that's probably the best bet. Get out the way. Let Trump do his own messaging. Uh, and stop misconstruing it. And, 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 and you know. Candace said, just cop the eggplant foams. See, Sean shit. Niggas love sneakers. It's just something that's followed us culturally. And you see Fat Joe with the sneakers. Just is what it is. You know, you can't change facts. I just don't think it's, it's smart to be offended. You know, by that guy on. on. But I, I can understand why, because it sounds kind of silly. But um, all right, last video, and then we're gonna go to the phone lines. Text ho tapping your name to two oh two five nine six five six three one. Text ho tapping your name to two oh two five nine six five six three one. I'm gonna go to the last piece. Oh, why is shit jumping around? I hate this new Twitter shit. Um here we go. Check this out. All right. So a few months back or a week back, whatever it was, Matt Walsh said we crazy for uh, uh, believing that or questioning the moon landing, right? Questioning the validity of the moon landing. Uh, and he said mostly because it would be harder to fool everybody that was involved with the moon landing than it would be to actually go to the moon. I, I, I wasn't buying it, but check this out. 
Behind the scenes at Mission Control, Gene Kranz's team is training, simulating the landing. The simulations were so real that no controller could discern the difference between the training and the real mission. Behind the There you go. Shout out to Wits Wits It Get It. Who published this? Says here. In the late 1960s, our simulation technology had progressed to the point where it became virtually impossible to separate the training from actual missions. The simulations became full dress rehearsals for the missions down to the smallest detail. The simulation tested out the crews and controllers' responses to normal and emergency conditions. It checked out the exact flight path, mission rules, and procedures that the crew and controllers would use for a later flight. The simulations were so real that no controller could discern the difference between the training and the real mission. Uh, this is from uh, Gene Krantz's uh, uh, book, Failure is Not an Option, Apollo Flight Director, Gene Krantz. So there it is right there. Debunk that fast. That's why I don't really like, you know, uh, jump into shit and, you know, waste time researching because eventually the truth is going to slide to the top and we're going to post it right here on the Griff Report. You know, um, I would love to see uh, Matt Walsh respond to this. This is um, one of Goldstein's favorites. Well, let me see. How do you. Uh, yeah, I don't see Matt Walsh in here in the responses. Yeah, he ain't here. He ain't here. He ain't gonna be. He ain't gonna be. But again, you, you kind of uh, going back to what I was saying before about the homogenous mind and the woke mind virus and affecting people. Matt Walsh um, is one of those people who, you know, helps keep people in that mental cage so to speak and say, oh, well, if you believe this, then you must be crazy. Really? Really? I don't know about that. Maybe I'm the one actually using my brain and thinking and questioning things. And this is what we're talking about, the lack of trust for government. A healthy lack of trust for government. So necessary. Anyway, let's go to the phone lines. Text Hotep your name at 202-596-5631. And I'll be right back after this short, brief commercial break. 